Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Here's my co-host. KG. And uh, today we got a special guest. We got Mike from Anabolic Aliens in the house. Yo, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for joining, man. This is the first guest. Um, so we met Mike three years ago, was it, officially? Yeah, about three um, years, back yeah. when, I guess we first met in New York, right? Eddie, I've flown by at this point. It has flown, dude. But we, we've had some good times, filmed some good content. Um, Mike's a super strong dude. Their YouTube's getting right up there. Where are they at right now? He's got 490,000 subscribers. Oh, almost half 492. A, almost half a milli, dude. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what you do to any listeners that might not know what you're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, right now... Anabolic Aliens started off as a YouTube channel, more so just a hobby rather than a business. And then a couple of videos started to really take off, and then it turned into a whole business after kind of established the niche I wanted to really target, and then made some connections, and then kind of just started really pushing the brand and exploring options with things like my app, my website, and then always I can really monetize that audience coming into YouTube. That's awesome. So what would you say primarily is your niche now? Because... I know you personally are really strong, quite jacked, but I know strength is a big component to you, but would you say that is big time? Is your niche really related to what you like to do, or is it related to how you like to train people, or what's up with that? I like to make workouts for people who would try to find excuses otherwise. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, make workouts that are equipment-specific, time-specific, just all different styles of variety that give people to really just take away the excuse factor that a lot of people kind of hinder their fitness by. I like that a lot. I know home workouts are some of your biggest hitting videos, right? And those are something that everyone essentially needs. If they can't get out to a gym, you can get all different kinds of demographics there. Exactly. So what's one of the biggest things that helped you take off? I know we've got a lot of listeners who are potential personal trainers who are looking to explore into YouTube and just... uh, take their business online, what's one big thing and one big takeaway you can give to all the listeners? Consistency is definitely the number one thing in my that. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, all, we beat that like a dead horse. We say dude. that all the time here. But it's true. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. from the very beginning of Anabolic, I haven't missed one vi- uh, one week of uploading video. Yeah. So consistency really has been the number one thing from the beginning and ever since. And once you can like establish that consistency, then you can start working on the quality. You know? Yeah, that, that's it. Even for us, I think we both started the same way where we just, instead of overthinking it too much, we just started producing and finding the way we like to go, whereas other people take forever to actually take action. I guess you can relate that to fitness because a lot of people say, oh, I'll start when it's the perfect time or all my situations are right. I can diet, train the hardest here when it's not as good. You just start going, get consistent, and get at it, right? Yeah. That's exactly what we say every day on this podcast. Whenever we bring up videos, the number one tip is consistency. If you actually want to succeed in anything, business, fitness, relationships, whatever it is. Cool. So what made you um, kind of start Anabolic? Like, What made you think, hey, I want to create this media. I want to help people and get out there. Yeah, it really started off as more of a hobby than anything else. It was just something mm-hmm. I fell in love with, exercise seeing personal change and then it turned into wanting to help other people experience the same. I like that. I like that. Feeling. It was more just putting out something I loved and then it ended up helping people. Yeah. And then after it started helping people and the name started to spread and just kind of really intensified and more content, more opportunities to help people. And it just really turned into something much bigger than I even expected. 
And then growing up, were you big into fitness and everything like that? Or is it something you found kind of later on in life? I was big into sports. I found the actual fitness aspect, like working on optimizing my nutrition, um, actually going to the gym and working out and kind of experimenting with different exercises. That was more of the thing I kind of found out in my senior year of high school when I started getting into it. And I helped my mom get in shape. We followed the Insanity program together, which is a high-intensity interval training program nice. at home. I did I did P90X, dude. That's how I started. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I did That's exactly how I got into it, dude. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, there's so many parallels, too. And we're, we're the same age, right? Or very close, 23? Uh, 23, yeah. So, yeah. 23, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels, I guess. Just up north and... <laughs> In the USA, man, but that, that's amazing, and yeah, insanity, I guess, is was a good mechanism to kind of mold some of your concepts for high intensity home workouts, right? Is that something you find you draw inspiration from? That, exactly, that's my base. I just love seeing how the body can kind of move and create new effective movements. I love that. I noticed like most of your videos, especially the top ones, are like five minutes long. And for anyone listening, a lot of people will start saying that they don't have an hour to dedicate to a workout. Sometimes even people say they don't have 30 minutes, but how do you find these, uh, these workouts, uh, you know, work for all of your clients or people who are, uh, you know, giving you feedback who try these five minute workouts and even yourself, like, and obviously you're a power lifter, but you obviously do these workouts. Like, how do you find uh, the results from them? Yeah. So I always preach to people. I recommend the way I like to do the five minute workouts is I do them as one set finishers. Mm-hmm. Realistically, a five minute workout isn't going to optimize your volume, isn't going to get you as many gains as like, like I'm not trying to say yeah. work up five minutes and get all, and get huge or lose all this body fat. I'm not, I'm trying to keep everything real as possible with everyone. And that's kind of the point I preach. I make sure people understand that I do these as one set finishers. Okay. And then I also have programming where I say you can optimize it in a weekly frequency and do multiple sets for a full workout because I make sure my intense five minute workouts are hitting every part of that muscle. So you are getting a full workout if you actually increase the volume. Or you can do it as a one-set finisher, like I said. But um, basically the reason I start coming out with more and more different varieties is I want to give people as many options to do in the time frame they actually have. And I also think about it in the sense that if five minutes is really all they do, it's a lot better than them not doing anything at all. So they're still getting the activation they need in the entire muscle they're trying to target. It's just going to be in a time-efficient manner, and then if they have the time to start really getting into it, a lot of beginners actually start with just five minutes and then start increasing the sets as they go about it. So it's a great way to start establishing that consistency. Yeah, I love that. We, we A lot of times people say, I can't go to the gym, what should I do? And we say, try to sweat each day, and that's definitely a way to get that going, right? Even, I think, for new lifters to build the habit of working out. So even if it's only five minutes a day, but they're doing that four to five times a week, it's going to be something they kind of engrave in their head and you know, it's something they can evolve and build upon, I guess is what you're saying. You can improve that volume over time, but it's still really, I mean, five, six-minute workouts can be nasty. I haven't tried one of these, but me and Kyle are going to have to run it, and I'm sure it'll kill us because yeah. these, these quick circuits, man, they'll humble anyone real good. <laughs> I know um, a lot of them are forearm-related too, which is really cool because we've even noticed there's not a great a ton of great content out there for forearm. So that's really cool that you've inputted a lot of work in regards to that. Is that something you do a lot personally in your training, these forearm circuits, or do you um, like it more for beginners, or is it uh, the one-set finisher you like? Like, Do you utilize those a lot in your workouts? So, Like I said, I actually utilize what I do as one muscle group training for myself for power building. 
I'll always add milk mm-hmm. and intent to work out as like the just to completely exhaust the muscle. So I mean, if I'm I hit forearms twice a week, I am a huge advocate for doing specific trainings for smaller muscle groups like calves, forearms, rotator cuff, and just kind of getting that extra volume in. So I always do that shit myself. I love it. And I guess just to switch uh, switch gears a bit here, let's uh, go from the home workout to the power lifting. Yeah. So what's your weight and what are your best PRs ever? Let's let the listeners know the strength here. <laughs> yeah, so right now I'm about 188 pounds. Uh, my lifts, are my maxes are 415 bench, 545. That's, let's just five. pause there for a second. Yeah. 415 bench. That's, that's four plates and five pounds on each side. To chest, was that in a meet as well, or was that at a gym? In a meet, 400 is my match right now just because of the pause aspect. Still wild. So, yeah, in a meet, essentially, to anyone that doesn't know, your pause, you know, they go to your full control, and you're kind of stuck there at someone else's will. It's super hard. My I haven't hit, I think, more than 325 in a meet. So to hit 400 in a meet is insane, especially at 188 pounds. And then 415 is crazy. We've always known Mike has, like, a disgusting bench. bench. When we were in, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I didn't want to trivia. I was gonna say, would you give a lot of credit to your 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 short uh, span? <laughs> hey, we all have our yeah. leverages. I mean, yeah. I'm super lanky. It screws me for bench, but it helps me for deadlift. But when Mike was benching in Boston, I remember the whole gym soft so look to see four plates on the bench. Yeah, that's something you rarely see. I've only ever gotten up 365, 405 is a big goal of mine in the future. But that's crazy. Okay, so sorry for interrupting. Back to squat and deadlift. No worries. Um, yeah, my squat right now is about like 545 pounds. My deadlift has been the biggest sticking point in my trainer. I'm jealous of your deadlift. <laughs> it's the lanky arms, dude. <laughs> I'm still just at um, like 575 right now for deadlifts. Still not not a bad lift yeah. at all. I think we have you doing uh, 565 in one of, one of our videos on YouTube. I'm pretty sure at yeah. 93 years old gym or something. Yeah, the last like year or two has been a lot of form work. My yeah. form is so much better than it used to be. My yeah. back isn't curved like crazy anymore. It's much more neutral. So it's been a big position change in my yeah. setup. So what cues and things have you been doing to work on that form? Like what's made a, a big difference for you that someone could take away from that? Yeah, I mean the biggest thing with my deadlift is my I've done a terrible uh, habit of just my Getting into a squatted position when I needed to really, really focus on deadlifting. So it would make my hips shoot up. And it was interesting because my hips were actually too low. Um, and that was actually causing my hips to shoot up. So what we've been working on is getting my my um, hips actually starting higher and then locking in the last more with uh, get more of the back engagement aspect and keep that tightness from the bottom rather than me. What I've done in the past is as soon as I pull the slack out of the bar, the tightness in my lats goes too, causes that curvature in the spine. So that's one of the main things I've been working on. Yeah, that, that's a big, I see that too a lot. A lot of people get too focused on sitting back and artificially raising that chest as opposed to kind of pulling those lats, tucking them in their pocket and learning to lift with some of the back tightness. Obviously, you're not just heaving it, but yeah, that, that's a big and one. This is a huge point for all of you listeners. For Mike to continue doing what he was doing, he could have definitely pulled 600, but in your fitness journey, it's important to take a look back and see where you're potentially harming yourself, where you could do better, and try to work on your form. As you guys know, all of our videos on YouTube are about form and how to fix it. So you got to sometimes humble yourself to get to the next level. I love it. So uh, what's something you got cooking right now that's exciting you? I know you, you got an app. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, 
the, my app right now has around 85,000 users, so the app has wow. really, really done well. Um, I have a lot, I'm going to be hiring athletes this year for the app, which is going to be really fun, um, and I have a ton of new features coming out, um, but that the app is really great. It's all organic right now. I'm also about to launch my membership website for a new workout program system. Basically, it's going to be ongoing workout programs, a Facebook community, and a bunch of other things, little features like that, motivational aspects to get people more involved and just to keep getting the new content because it kind of established people love my workouts, so I'm going to keep giving people workouts. Yeah, and, there you uh, go. Eventually, the website is actually going to be completely integrated into the app itself, so it's all going to be working together. That's awesome. So the workout, sorry, the app is primarily a lot of your workouts. Is it like additional workouts, form checks? Like what? What does that entail? So my app is called Exercise, and I basically invented the first um, workout app where you can choose your muscle groups. Say, for example, you want to do chest and triceps, you click chest and triceps, and then just like my YouTube channel. Um, I set it up with the same kind of idea, basically, being equipment specific. So I have dumbbell only. You can select if you have dumbbells, barbell, kettlebell, resistance band, or bodyweight only. Choose what equipment options you have. And that's going to be um, getting more options as we go down the road. But um, And then you do that, then you can choose your time intervals or sets and reps. And then, boom, it'll generate a workout for you within literally like a couple clicks. Wow. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is that, sweet. That's really cool, man. That, that's a good way. You know, it's always tough. As YouTubers and whatnot, to find ways to monetize your business and provide something of value. But that sounds pretty awesome. Were you uh, doing it with a couple other people, or did you start it up, or how how did that work? Uh, so I have a private developer in India, but I I do all the ideas myself. I just it's what I love to do, and ever since like a year ago, where I've really take the company has become all of me. I've really been able to kind of just put my personal touch and just let myself be comfortable on camera and doing things my way, and it's really helped me establish the identity of how I want this business to be. Yeah, when we ran into you in Arnold, that's exactly what Mike said to us. Said, "How's it going?" He's like, "I just he feels so good that he's able to just pick his direction and go at it." And you seem like you have a really clear linear focus of what you want to get done, and you're just running at it. You know, you don't seem like you're getting distracted. You have your vision of what works, and you're. You're hitting it, and it's working out quite well, which is pretty awesome. I love what I do, man. I have no complaints. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good life we all live here. Right? <laughs> From like meatheads in the gym to you know making it all work out, it's pretty cool how it it all comes down. Have you uh, been keeping in touch with Scott a lot? So me and him were seeing each other every week before we moved to Florida, but then he ended up moving to Florida, and I got to see him at the Arnold. But that was the first time I've seen him in a while, so I'm mm. going to plan a trip to Florida soon. You, I know you're still filming in the studio sometimes. Do you still have access to that studio, or is that, are those old over there? Yeah, they're a long there. time. A long time. Okay, Kyle was scrolled way yeah. too down. That's been, um, I mean, I moved to Boston September 1st. I haven't filmed at the studio since October. Mm. So where are you filming right now? Is that a struggle? No, not at all, actually. The gym, um, this gym called Jimit. Um, near Boston, the manager actually was a subscriber of mine oh, and reached out to me. And now they have a private personal training room in the back, and they tape it off for me to film my videos, which is dope. That is very yeah. Because filming is getting harder and harder. All the chains are cracking down, and if you have a private space, it's a lot easier when you're not trying to whisper, or not get kicked out, or something like that. It was a process finding a place. I mean, uh, like. Lifetime Fitness, um, Equinox. I was going there for like two weeks on free passes, talking to corporate. 
and then they ended up deciding it was a liability for their mm-hmm. other members. It sucked, but Jim, it's been awesome. That's great. So we've talked a little bit about your business, uh, your home workouts, a lot about your powerlifting. Um, a lot of people listening here, they're just trying to be in shape. They're trying to essentially lose the muffin top. And I know you made a video on a couple tips on how to lose the muffin top. So if you were to give the listeners a couple tangible takeaways that they could just start implementing you know, into the routine to essentially lose weight, just become more confident and uh, you know, get that muffin top gone, what would you uh, share with them? Yeah, the biggest thing to understand with something like that is you cannot spot reduce. So mm-hmm. spot reduction, whenever I make videos like that, I always get people who comment saying, dude, this is so stupid, you can't spot reduce. And I know right away they don't watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I did. I saw one of those. Uh, you made the one, I think, about that they're losing the chest fat. Uh, yeah. Something like that, the man boobs, and then a bunch of people are commenting that. But your video, I watched it, it was clearly saying you can't do that. Oh, yeah. We, we do that one time. We made a video, and it was called Opening Our Own Gym or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. You know, like, you try to entice someone to click, and so many people were like, congrats on the new gym or whatever. Yeah. And it was like just some random public gym. And we're like, it was like some of our close friends. We did one, too. He said, my new gym. Yeah. And it has like That's, a views. Yeah, I got the same thing. That's yeah. why I get funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but, uh, it's always jokes, man. But, I mean, at least the commenting. You got to appreciate it, right? Like, doing what you can. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, it's true. No, you were saying you can't uh, you can't spot reduce the, the body fat, right? Yeah, but so one of my main tips for something like if you have love handles, uh, muffin top, the best fix, I think, in that situation is I really do believe you can – you not you don't target, but you can kind of speed up the process basically by working on losing total body fat, then upping the training volume for those specific areas. So basically, as you lose total body fat and those areas are getting more developed, naturally, as you lower that body fat percentage, that area is going to be more developed and fine. So it's going to appear to have lost more body fat in a faster way as if other muscle groups that weren't getting as much volume. So. And the way the muffin top specifically and the love handle aspect, I really do think it's best coming at it from increasing your volume by training abs in the core in a, um, in a diagonal directional fashion from a lower angle. It targets kind of that lower, lower oblique aspect that a lot of people actually neglect training. And I think that's one of the best ways to increase that volume and just focusing on optimizing your diet, increasing your cardio to work on losing that total body fat. You're going to notice a lot of results much faster than if you weren't doing that. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, and it, it is true. A lot of people, when they think of ab training, they think crunch, plank, you know, you're not really getting much oblique training in there whatsoever when obliques are such an important muscle. You know, it's how you rotate your whole torso. Like, they do play a massive, massive role. So that's a really cool way of looking at that, that angular kind of approach towards it. So what's uh, one question you get asked more than anything? I feel like every channel has, you know, their own question that they get asked a ton you know, what is it and what's your answer? Like the question you always see. Like the question I always get asked. Yeah. Like every day, you go into YouTube, there, Instagram. There's got to be one. <laughs> we got to bring ours up after. It's I don't actually remember. pretty crazy. I get asked every day, how can I get taller? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've gotten those a lot. That's good. We've gotten a bunch of Kyle, Tell them about, yeah, tell them. Which uh, Kijiji, right? So yeah. we'll get uh, Kijiji messages. We'll do some personal training and uh, post an ad and, Every uh, all the time, people are like, uh, "Can you help me get taller?" And I'm just like, "No, <laughs> I, I don't have expertise in that. Like, you I don't even know what you're saying." Out of bed and temporarily, yeah. you can be a little elongated, but it's so funny. I, I think I I don't know what it is. I think it's um, 
just a lot of people who are, I guess, like like foreign end up asking the question. Like oh, people yeah. like, "Hello, sir. How how can I get tall?" And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, it's true though. But um, like, what I say to them is, I actually made some videos, like one about posture correction, which yeah. you even like help. Like, if you don't get tall, anything I make videos about isn't to help you necessarily get taller. Yeah, it's to basically aid in the height growing process when you're actually growing. Yeah, or to, like help fix your spine with posture correction. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't surgically make your knees longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stretch them out, go over there and just tug <laughs> both sides. Oh, that's, I guess, I mean, people want, right? And I guess when you have a lot of a how-to, solutions-based channel, people figure, hey, if you can get me looking good, can you get me taller? What would you say are most asked question? Oh, man, I, I'm trying to think. It's got to be something on, like, some type of form video. Um, it's so many. We definitely get the tall one, but not nearly as much. The like, tall one's to, funny, though. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Do you guys get um the? Can I make bigger uh, wrists? No, I guess because we don't have the forum videos. Like no, I've been asked that, but yeah, because a lot of people will kind of want that transition from like being a kid to the man muscle. You know, thicker wrist, the bigger hand, the things like that, and (laughs) and it's like uh changing your bone structure is you're gonna have to leave that to puberty a little bit. I think the biggest question usually just comes with like losing weight. Like, how do I how do I decrease my stomach fat type of thing? Or even the the are you are you natural this yeah. and that? And we just come to say like take it as a compliment. Like, well, it's funny actually. We'll either get you're you're so jacked. These guys are on steroids. You're cheating, or these guys are puny. Like, there's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> there's no like you're looking good, man. It's like you're roided up or you're skinny. Like, I feel like there's no winning. <laughs> YouTube's an interesting yeah. place, eh? Like, some of the comments that come through, you're like, dang. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people will ask, um, essentially, like, we have, like, some videos on scapular winging, like, pelvic tilt, like, all those, they'll say, how long oh, yeah. till I get the results? And it's like... But, well, yeah, that's a that's a big one. How long can I get results in fitness long? or anything? And like you said earlier, consistency, time's going to be different yeah. for everyone. Basically, you got to do it. Until it gets done, right? Yeah, like even personal training, people will sign up and say, oh, you know, the answer is I can get you some results within a couple of weeks, but um, like easily, but you've got to do the outside homework. You can't just come in for an hour or two workout. You know, you've got to do your diligence on your end to, to stay within calories and do all that stuff. That's good. So, what would you say? Let's try another fun question here. So, our first interview, so hopefully everyone's enjoying this. So yeah. We're doing a half decent job. I'm sure we'll get better as time goes on. Yeah. Thanks to Mike for being the guinea pig and uh, sitting through it. But what's one of the biggest training mistakes you think you've made in the past? Like something that maybe you did when you started for a long time that you thought was right, and now you look back and you're like, ooh, that was a big mistake that maybe we get other people to avoid. I definitely would say training frequency mm. percentage based off one rep max. It's basically, basically meaning, I mean, progressive overload is one thing, but when you're trying to go at your optimal strength every single workout, it's that's probably where I fell back, meaning I just, you established bad patterns if all you're focusing on strength, so you kind of screw up your central nervous system movement ways. I'm like, for me, deadlift, I was just cranking weight for literally years, and yeah. it's me now like a pretty long time to kind of recorrect myself so i think the biggest thing is kind of letting yourself understand that the the gains will come and if you optimize your form and then go with that progressive overload so it's don't just kind of, of jack the weight and be a hardo in the gym because it's going to make you have to recorrect all those paths that's it sorry to everyone i just heard it's 10 o'clock from my laptop 
it, it does that. I have, uh, I don't know if you use it, but on my Mac, it announces the time every hour. Because, you know, you get so into stuff and whatnot, but it can be a little obnoxious. <laughs> but, no, that that is a huge point. Yeah, a lot of people will work off of 1RMs, and they don't understand that even powerlifting in particular, right? You have to learn to peak up. You have to learn phasing, volume phases, progressive overload, back off work. You can't just be coming in lifting 100%. And me and Kyle did that ourselves. You know, you're going to get more injured. You know, you're not going to learn to peak properly. Less time for that form. So I think that's a, a really, really good point. You got any fun questions for me? Um, I was actually curious about this because I haven't done much much research on this, but I'll see different podcasts pop up, pop up by like Ben Greenfield and all those guys. This whole CBD oil, um, you've got a sponsor, I believe, and you post a lot about it. I'm just curious, like, how it works, like, what benefits. Just maybe we'll use this as a title, maybe not, but, you know, I can, I'm sure I could learn something and everyone else can, too. Yeah, no, I'm actually a huge. This is one of the things that uh, I've kind of taken me a personal touch on the on my channel, my whole business, when I partner with a CBD company, because... Yeah. I mean, in you in Massachusetts and in the like U.S. at the time, weed itself was illegal, um, and it wasn't really. It was a controversial topic. So, mm -hmm. like CBD is a derivative of like weeds, like hemp. that has no psychedelic properties, so you don't get high from CBD oil. Um, it's just kind of how it's extracted from the plant. So anything hemp based, I was a little skeptical about partnering with the company at first, just because of the reputation that kind of went with it. But then I kind of actually, I actually tried tried their products. Um, the Herb Strong is my sponsor, and every time I have their products, I actually notice a significant difference in my anxiety levels, my muscle relaxation, um, my sleep patterns, and just my overall stress, which was a really big thing for me because I suffered from anxiety. So in the mornings, I take CBD drops. It helped me kind of just relax throughout the day. Like I said, there's no psychedelic properties, mm -hmm. so I really did notice a significant difference in my anxiety levels. And then when I, I also took the drops before I went to bed, which really helped me with sleep because my head races like crazy every time I lie on my bed. Yeah. Every time I want to go to sleep, I start thinking of ideas. So I need to just calm my mind out and go to sleep. And uh, CBD oil has really helped me a lot. And then um, I use CBD cream after, whenever my muscles are sore. It's like an intensified Bengay. And I've actually gotten my mom on a CBD cream for her arthritis. It really helps a lot with inflammation and any like chronic pain. And then... Um, yeah, just I'm a huge advocate for CBD, and the reason I'm so passionate about it is, I mean, I don't really care about um, necessarily the stigma that it comes with with weed because it's not it's not okay. like that. It's a way to enhance like life quality, in yeah. my opinion. So I noticed a big difference yeah. when I actually stopped taking it for a month. I kind of just wanted to actually do a personal experiment. I was more anxious. I was more stressed. Um, I was more sore, and I was really really surprised to notice an actual physical and mental difference by just not taking the CBD oil. Yeah, I've, I did a little bit of research once, and I, I did read, like, my my takeaway was that it, it can be quite good. I know a lot of it can just come down to the particular company and their amount of dosing. I don't know. I, when I did research, I read that, like, a lot of companies will underdose, but I'm sure this company is better, and obviously I don't know much about it. But that's the only research I've ever done, but a ton of my friends that are really great athletes, super strong, you know, High achievers um, are very, very big on it. It's something that's helped them a lot personally, just not something I've explored, but that's really cool. I, I was thinking of, oh, go ahead, you were going to say something. Uh, just that I, it's one of those things that I, uh, the reason I really parted with them was because it's such a genuine feeling that mm -hmm. I actually, I really, really believe CBD makes a huge difference. And um, 
it, yeah, Herb Strong is one is one of the companies known for having strong dosage and it actually being effective. But it, a lot of people like it's it's like glucose. I'll compare it to glucosamine. Glucosamine, obviously, for joints, a lot of people don't feel glucosamine work or they don't feel fish oil work for them. And obviously, it does work, but it may not work as optimally for other people. So sometimes mm. CBD doesn't respond great to some people, but for other people, it's the best thing in the world. So it's one of the, it's always a battle of what works best for you. Yeah, that, that's a great way of saying it. Because, yeah, even, I know even creatine, some people have a harder time bonding with. They won't get any bloat and they won't get as much of that saturation. And I know fish oil, some people say, oh, it does nothing. Some people say, wow, it's made a world of difference. Nothing cracks anymore, glucosamine. So it's a really great way of putting it. Are there any other companies you're currently sponsored with or any affiliations you're doing? Yeah, so my sponsors right now are Herb Strong, Dissident Gymwear, York Athletics. Uh, Meta 360, which is a new equipment company, and I don't want to leave anyone out again. Oh, <laughs> can't get you in trouble. Which is like ice cream and protein bar company. Oh, nice. That's got to be pretty helpful. You eat those all the time, I'm guessing? They're bomb. It's like a new version of Halo Top. They just dropped uh, their ice cream. It's so good. Wow, that's amazing. So in terms of nutrition right now, what would you say is the closest school or philosophy you associate with. He has with. one. I, I, I just, I just, no, you said, I did also be part of the meal prep company, so. Oh, there's the one. So you got meal prep company. Oh, nice. Oh, and that really helps a ton because I just basically do my macros and calories out, send them to the meal prep company, and they give me my meals booked for the week now. Oh, wow. All, all your meals, or? Yeah, I'm doing four meals a day from them right now, which is awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we, we were with one, and we were doing, um, I guess it'd be like three meals a day, yeah. but not breakfast. But yeah, it was a good run, man. It makes life super, super easy. That's for sure, right? That's cool that you can give them the macros and they just say, "All right, we got you. We're gonna get to work." So that's pretty awesome. So how how's the weather in Boston right now? Is it a little warmer or super cold? I mean, I haven't been outside yet today, to be honest. But it's it's New England. It goes fifty some days and then ten degrees the next day, then snowing and then sunny, it's all over the place. Sounds like Canada, yeah, dude. Sounds, like Canada. sounds pretty much like Canada. You got any good questions here? Uh, no, I was just gonna ask actually one of the biggest things um, we've we've been asked is how to how to get sponsored, right? So you've got like ten sponsors right now. Um, any feedback? I mean I think we've answered it on this podcast, but any yeah, tips but that, another... that you share for anyone who's trying to get sponsored and get free stuff from companies. Yes, my biggest thing I've really kind of established a whole different mindset when it comes to sponsors than the last time I saw you guys. I mean, when I was first, when we first met, I mean, I, a lot of things were very different at that point in time, and things weren't really established or settled or taking off. And at that point, when you see, see a brand deal come in, you get really excited, and you kind of just take the opportunities that come in because you're not getting them all the time. Where now I kind of look at it as tiers. So I look at um, brand deals. Um, promotional posts, ambassadorships, and then sponsorships. And then brand deals are basically a one-time thing where a company comes to you and it's a one-time fee. Now, I don't like, I don't love doing brand deals because you have to keep finding brand deals. And when you're first really starting to grow, brand deals are kind of what you base off of because they're the easiest to get because it's a one-time thing. There's not too much risk. If you don't do that well, the company just won't come back to you. So there's, there's brand deals and there's paid promotional posts, which is like, a setup where you do multiple posts for a specific fee and you do multiple posts that way it's kind of like the next tier and then there's ambassadorships where you kind of on like a commission base 
And those that's another one that a lot of companies get people when they're in a younger phase. Yeah. I mean, um, they kind of get them working for less than their worth just because they can get them on a percentage, get them involved with the company. It's an amazing feeling. But I am a huge advocate for pushing sponsorships, which is which at least setting up like a monthly fee. It can be – I don't like doing commission-based. I do a flat fee mostly for my sponsorships. And then um, the biggest thing is kind of actually being genuine about what you get sponsored by. I say no to so many companies these days. And the re- and that's really been probably the biggest thing for me because like, two years ago, I don't think I'd say no to really anyone because I was so excited to have these opportunities come in. But now it's like what do I actually want? What do I actually care about? And then every company I get sponsored by now, I genuinely believe makes a difference and enhances life quality. So everything, it's not about money these days. And ever since I stopped thinking about it as the monetary value, I've actually increased my sponsorships by like a significant amount because it's even, you think about sponsorships and this is how I think about sponsorships. For If you see an ad, you kind of skip over it. You don't really, I don't, I don't ever click on ads, mm-hmm. but if I follow someone and they actually recommend a product and they actually, and you actually trust them, you're going to go check it out. Yeah. So that's why the genuine aspect behind sponsorship deals is the most important thing. And I actually went through a phase where I like wrote down what I actually use in my life, wrote down 20 companies that make that specific product. And then I reach out to those companies in that specific wow. field and see what can happen. That, so that's a, cool that's way. a great tip. Yeah, I like that. Gary V, worst thing that ever happens is they don't answer you. So. Yeah. No, that, that's incredible. I mean, even like you said, as far as the affiliates and commission and just getting new people on, I'm not a big fan either because, you know, it'll be a trackable link or a code or something. And it's so hard to know why or how people purchase. Like you could tell someone about a product and maybe they don't click it. Maybe they go right to Google and they type it in and then you get nothing from that, right? And then that's a big negative or they tell a friend and the friend buys it doesn't track back to you so i like that flat rate or not necessarily a commission-based thing that's kind of where we've gone because it can be so wishy-washy right there's specific cases though like if there's room for growth you gotta you gotta play it by what you actually want to if you want to be with a company and they only have affiliate statuses at this point in time give it a chance and see what can spark out of it. And if you have, if you actually see the potential to grow in the company, then go for it. You got to do what you want to do. It really comes down to that. If you don't love what you're promoting, you're never going to come off cross as genuine. So it's going to be just ending up, you're never going to have as much value for that company as you could with others. I like it. It's a great point. All right. I guess to end it off here, this is something fun. Let's make a habit of this. What's your, your all time favorite motivational quote? <laughs> right on the spot. You got to have one. <laughs> All-time favorite motivation quote. Uh, oh, I'm uh, I, I'm going to keep it simple, and I, I like the one, uh, tomorrow never comes. Oh, okay. That, that's a that's a good tomorrow one right never there. Comes. This I, is going to fire us up to go to the gym Yeah, now. I like that. That's what's up, dude. That's pretty sweet. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, you want to plug some stuff before we hop off here? So, YouTube, uh, you can find them over at Anabolic Aliens. Instagram is the same. Anabolic Aliens. My workout app is Exercise in the App and Play Store. It's a free download. And then my website is anabolicaliens.com. Beauty. Cool. Well, thanks for being on. Thanks for being a first guest and taking the time to do this. I know you had a later night. Still got up earlier. That's it. That's a hustle. Crush out the episode. But to everyone listening, definitely give him a check out. Uh, leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace.